foundational tools to develop a biblical worldview. Welcome to Mentoring Matters, a listener-supported program of SharonHearts.org. With the world's culture invading the church, it is vital that we establish some deeper roots in biblical truth in order to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So join us now as we let the Word of God give us foundational tools to develop and maintain a biblical worldview. This is Sharon Hoskins. And this is Janie Ratzloff. And when we talk about the world's culture invading the church, we are talking about how each one of us individually have taken on cultural thinking. And then we begin to believe and speak and live out that cultural ideology. And as Christians, we take that into the church. And that is how the world's culture is invading the church. And that's scary, Sharon, because it's not done with a premeditated desire to destroy or Mm -hmm. even upsert, but we are influenced by things around us that seem so natural and normal. Right. So it comes through our natural conversations with friends and family. We hear it on the news or see it on commercials and things like that. So we are being kind of programmed for a lack of better words, uh, about certain ways of thinking. And, you know, when you believe that you're thinking good thoughts, that can rob you of the best, and you'll never recognize it because you're not thinking unto destruction. You're not thinking unto uh, fulfilling fleshly lust. You're not thinking about being deceitful. Mm -hmm. But that goes to show us just how subtly the enemy can invade our spiritual life. Well, we need to recognize what those cultural worldviews are. And I think if we can recognize it, then we're more likely to reject those ways of thinking. I don't know that we always understand how when we see something wrong and we reject it, how we respond. We can get ourselves into trouble by the way we as a Christian seeing falsehoods reject. We can get angry. Oh, we can get disgusted with the person that is trying to invade their falsehoods upon us. Okay, and we can many times battle the way Moses did back when he was received the Ten Commandments. And because of his delay in getting back down to the people, they started to do what they thought was really good. And so they made a golden calf and started to worship, which they thought was good. Now, when Moses brought the Ten Commandments down from the mountain and he saw their deception, he took the Ten Commandments of stone and threw them down to the ground and broke them. Right. He responded incorrectly. Right. He had the right conviction Mm -hmm. But he didn't have the right way in rejecting. Okay. And we today many times follow that same attitude. We get angry with the people that are assaulting what our convictions are, and they're Mm -hmm. based on the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. We know that we have an absolute in that. But sometimes we distance ourselves from people that are in desperate need of us because they are choosing to believe in ism. Uh Sometimes we just want to 
get away from them. Sometimes we respond with a louder voice that needs to tell you the truth. Right. Okay. And so I think we can learn much as you and I just converse on how do we resist and reject in the spirit of Jesus Christ? Well, we first have to recognize what these isms are. I know for me, as we have gone through these lessons and talking about the worldview and the sufficiency of Scripture, you know, realizing that the world's culture is not something that I have set out to adhere to. I have not set out to take on that kind of thinking. But as it has naturally come in, I didn't know to reject it because Mm -hmm. it sounds logical. You know, the way it's presented many times doesn't sound bad. So knowing what those isms are. Well, let's just see if we can't define it, Sharon, and keep it simple. Humanism is a religion. Okay. Point number one. And that religion deifies man and dethrones God. Okay. Now, it deifies man and dethrones God. So it makes humans superior to God. Yes, that's exactly right. Okay. And so when we talk about humanism so that people do not attach preconceived thoughts, let's put a word in front of humanism. And let's say secular humanism. Okay. Because some people are going to have a grid already perceived of something that is more uh, caring about people and their plights. So let's put secular humanism as the umbrella for the other isms that we'll discuss. Okay. So let me ask, since you've put secular in front of that, let me ask this. This is the only category, correct? It's humanism where, again, the objective is to make man in control of everything that happens on planet Earth in our lives. And we don't need God. We can dethrone him. We can either say he doesn't exist. We can put him in the back closet. We can say he's of none effect. Or we might even say, oh, he was a great teacher or he was a great prophet. We don't see him correctly as being the son of God, God in flesh. It sounds like a lot of our world today that God is not important to our everyday lives. He's a part of history. Right. He's a part of history. Now, with secularism, let me just say that it is a doctrinal belief that morality is based solely in regards to the temporal well-being of man. Secular humanism does not have any concern with the future after death. Okay. They want to definitely make sure that their immediate temporal future is according to their agenda, that man can solve every problem that can be created. Okay. As long as everybody stays in line with the humanistic views, right? And that is that man becomes the God of all control of all situations in life. So basically, I become a God of my own destiny, a God of my own life goals, pursuit of happiness. Basically, the ways that secular humanism wants to creep into a society, they start with looking at education. 
because we have to change the minds of the next generation from the old okay. ways, from the foolish ways, from the narrow-minded, from the out-of-date. Oh, okay. And I've heard a lot recently spoken to that, well, we need to have a new way of thinking. The old way is out-of-date, and it doesn't work anymore. Which is a subtle way of saying, throw out the Bible, because that's just the old narrow-mindedness, and we have a better enlightenment now mm-hmm. of how to live, and we okay. don't need the old historical teachings. Well, they don't need history at all. They just try to rewrite history and make it the way they want it to be. But, you know, we're supposed to learn from history, and if we destroy history, then we're not learning anything from what's happened in the past. I mean, I want my children to learn from my mistakes, and I have tried to learn from my parents' mistakes or from their successes. Uh, There's a couple of points that I think we can give today, Sharon, and that is that the welfare of man is premium with no concern or reference to a person's eternal soul. So not only do we want to erase history, we want to blind and quiet a person's deep-seated need for an eternal being. And Mm -hmm. God says that he has put eternity in all our hearts. We may not understand how, but that has been placed. And I recently saw something that I have not verified, but that scientists have said that when they have discovered the breakdown of DNA, that the word Yahweh is Mm. actually embedded in our DNA. So the subtleties of how the Lord speaks loud and clear to us But that if we are not looking for him in quietness, we will miss it. Yeah. All right. Then in secular humanism, material values always supersede spiritual values. So basically, humanism becomes more of a religious, ritualistic, self-indulged center-focused life that we live here on earth. Yes, and here's a subtlety. Secular humanism will tell you we've got to be reconciled. And we'll go, oh, well, that's what it says in the in Bible. The scriptures. That, uh-huh. right. But human secularism wants to reconcile man to man. We want man to like man. We want man to serve man. We want man to take care of man. We want man to help man what feels good for man. Okay. But we then are in disobedience to God's will on the fact that it is our sin that has separated us. And until we deal with our sin and a living God, we are coming about reconciliation from a lie. Okay. And we know that a lie believed as truth, mm-hmm. will affect us as truth, even though it's a lie. Right. And so the way to recognize humanism is that it puts us above God, that we have solutions that do not include God. And and even as Christians, this is how we mix our biblical worldview with a worldly worldview, When our prayers start sounding like we've got the solution, that we just need God to follow our game plan. So recognizing that secular humanism sneaks into our Christian life is one of the first steps in defeating a worldly worldview and obtaining a biblical worldview. And that's why mentoring matters. 
Mentoring Matters is a listener-supported discipleship program of Sharon Hearts Ministry. Join a community seeking to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ with resource materials available for the journey at SharonHearts.org. That's S-H-A-R-I-N Hearts.org.